Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Meet or on the rocks, it's the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. We love talking to Steve Cornianos, the draft analyst around the NHL draft, but we know that, that covering these prospects is a 12-month-a-year job, Steve. But did you get a chance to at least take a breath once the draft was over? We're, we're trying to get caught up here after the, the long 4th of July holiday week. How are you, buddy? Good. I, I, I finished my pick-by-pick recap at 2 o'clock in the morning last night. So I'm officially done. I, all I have to do is a podcast to wrap everything up. But, um, yeah, it, like you said, it's a 12-month process, and there's really no break. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of things to talk about. It was a, the type of draft where we were anticipating uh, some big storylines, and we got them. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it made it more interesting. Yeah, before we get to some of those storylines, including what Philadelphia did, which I thought was uh, very interesting, um, Tell us, because it's a very uh, Sabre-focused show here, uh, Steve. Uh, Zach Benson, a a player that I don't think is going to help Buffalo right away, but uh, your thoughts on Buffalo going there in the first round? Uh, It was a fantastic pick. I had him ranked fifth overall, uh, so I was shocked that he he fell. And the last time we spoke, I told you how he and Savoy were were easily, uh, if not take away Bedard, they were probably the the WHL's most dynamic one-two punch. So neither player is very big, but neither player is timid as well. Like, they're highly skilled, they're highly fast, and they're very aggressive. They play physical, they get to the inside. So I'm wondering what Matt Savoy's reaction was to it, because like I said, the chemistry's uh, been uh, pretty apparent the last two seasons in the WHL. So uh, I thought it was a a home run swing. It was a no-brainer. Clearly best player available. He was uh, at at, uh, 13th overall, so... um, you know, and and I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't just. I wouldn't say that he's not ready just yet. I mean, he's the kind of kid. He's such a fierce competitor and so skilled that he's going to go to go to camp and he's going to want to get a job. So um, uh, th- this could turn out to be. Uh, we might see basically the makings of a really good one-two punch uh, down the road for the Sabers uh, with with Savoy and Benson together. So uh, again, I'm a huge fan of the pick. Yeah, I'm curious with the injury to Jack Hughes, if that kind of pushes Savoy a little bit into the, the spotlight here as we go through the offseason and look ahead to training camp. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? Uh, well, I mean, listen, Savoy, uh, he always had, you know, number one upside. Uh, I mean, we, 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 he was going to be a top three pick in that draft uh, two, three years before he was even eligible. Uh, so we still haven't seen what he can do yet. Uh, so I've got to temper expectations a little bit. But I, I could see him being like like a Jack Hughes type of a player, a guy that, that just shows up and is, is electrifying with his wheels. He's electrifying with his playmaking, his finish. Um, it's just the kind of player that he is. And the thing is, Benson has the ability to do the same thing. So hopefully they, they keep him together as they uh, develop. 
Steve Cornianos is the draft analyst, our guest here in the sports bar. As uh, uh, the Sabres had other picks too, and and these are players that you know, Steve, you you've certainly watched uh, on film and, and written about uh, of all these picks here. Uh, again, two in the second round: Wahlberg and, and Sturbach, the local kid from Buffalo, Gavin McCarthy. Uh, the Sabres take another goalie. Any of these picks uh, rounds two through seven jump out at you in Buffalo here? Yeah, I really like the Sabres draft. It wasn't like a grand slam home run like the previous two have been. I think this was a safe draft for them because they focused on the defense, which they had to address. But a guy like Wahlberg, I mean, you're talking about a kid who's he's a big, physical, fast center who could shoot the puck. And so when he played for Malmo J20 in Sweden, he was one of their top players there. He played on the national U18 team. He was one of their top players there. So you're getting you know a North American style uh, from a Swedish prospect. And, of course, we all know that the, the Sabres love draft, drafting kids out of Sweden. But I think Wahlberg, he's got versatility, too. He could play wing. He could play center. He could kill penalties, run a power play. So I definitely like that pick. Sturbach was a little bit high for me, uh, maybe by a good round. But I understand, like, you know, he, he, he was playing in Finland as a Slovak. He played in Finland. Then he went to the USHL, and his team was really bad. Sioux Falls was a bad team, and he was able to kind of take control of that defense core. Uh, so I think he's committed to Michigan State as well. So you got a long runway with him. He could, you know, he's going to probably spend four years in college. But the thing with him is, is he's like a warrior, right? He'll block shots. He'll go into the corners and battle. Uh, McCarthy, he's also college bound. He's going to go to BU like his brother Case did. He's a de- uh, Devils draft pick from a, f- a few years ago. He's a puck mover. He could also play physical. Um, he's a uh, he's mobile. He's agile, elusive. He could break out on his own. Um, but, but, you know, those two defensemen, they're both right shots. They both address the knee. So I didn't really have a problem, uh, with where they took them at, uh, maybe uh, like uh, Sturbach by like, a, you know, maybe a good round, but he's still a pretty good player to begin with. Steve, when we talk about the Sabres ascending and hopefully rising to a, a playoff berth in the 23, 24 season, we also have to recognize that there are going to be teams that are also trying to ascend and teams that are potentially falling off. And I asked the question just based on your broad knowledge of the draft and the results of the draft that you just finished, whose stock is rising, whose stock is falling, who helped themselves the most in the NHL draft, anybody that the Sabres should be concerned about? Um, well, the Sabres are in that group with like the Ottawa's and the Detroit's yeah. and at one point New Jersey. So I think, I think New Jersey is what the Sabres should aspire to be, like to take that massive leap forward. And we actually did see that last year. I think they improved by like 16 points. So there's really no reason to think that the Sabres can't not only challenge for a playoff spot, but become a 45-50 win team. And remember that they have a zillion free agents. Like, but it seems like 75% of the, of the defense corps is going to be playing for a contract this year and uh, some notable forwards as well. So I think when you have pl- players playing for a contract, you'll probably get more out of them. I know that you know, isn't ideal, but it's just uh, the, re- the reality of the way things work out sometimes. Um, so I-, I think they're ahead of everybody. They're ahead of Ottawa. I think they're ahead of, they're ahead of Detroit. Um, you know, Philadelphia, they're rebuilding. They, they've sold players. So their draft was kind of uh, similar to like Montreal, where, where they're trimming off that, and they're in a rebuilding phase. Uh, you know, Columbus is weird because they were also in a similar spot that Buffalo was in just two years ago, uh, and they're buying, and they went out, they got Gaudreau, and now they got uh, Provorov, and they got uh, Severson. And they have all these prospects. So, man, keep an eye on Columbus. But to me, I, I see the Sabres. They should be setting their sights on the Islanders and the Penguins and uh, those teams who made the wild card spots because that's the team that they eventually want to leapfrog. But this is, is going to be a long-term thing for the Sabres. They, they are loaded 
for Bear, not just at the NHL level, but also at the prospect level. You, you brought up Columbus. That was going to be one of my questions here because Anaheim going with Carlson at two, which means Fantilli would slides to Columbus at three. Was that a surprise to you? Yes. Uh, yes, uh, it was because I was expecting Columbus to do something funky at the draft, which, they've, what they, which is uh, what they've done before. Um, but, you know, when you watch Carlson play, maybe the world championships uh, in Europe where you had Fantilli playing for Canada, Carlson playing for Sweden, Carlson was on the top line or top six. Fantilli was more of a depth player. So maybe that might have tilted the scales in, uh, in Carlson's favor. But they are similar players. It's just that Fantilli's, I guess, more demonstrative and Carlson's more reserved. But, you know, they both have size. They could, they're playmakers. They could score a variety of ways. Uh, but it was a little, a little surprising, I think, because uh, the mainstream narrative was that Fantelli was a lock to be number two, and we all kind of fell into that trap. Um, but again, it's e- either way. Sometimes you can look at it as Robin Peter to pay Paul because Carlson really is a special player, and he'd be number one overall pick in any other draft if not for Bedard. So um, you know, it was surprising, but then again, not not as much. Steve, we're excited today because uh, we get to announce a couple of assistant coaches getting elevated to new positions within the Rochester Americans franchise. Nathan Pache, a name that we're familiar with here in Rochester. Vinny Prospel also becoming an assistant. Pache specifically important here because I think he's been instrumental in the development of Ryan Johnson, who we'll get to see in Rochester here this upcoming year. So just for Amherst fans that might be listening to our conversation, give us a little refresher on what we could get on the blue line from Ryan Johnson coming out of the University of Minnesota now. Well, even even as of today, he was drafted in the first round, late first round back in 2019. Even as of today, he's the he's the Sabers' uh, top defense prospect, right? So you graduated power, you graduated obviously Deline and them. Uh, so he's their best prospect. There was a little bit of uh, concern that he might not sign uh, coming out of uh, his four years in Minnesota. But I always viewed him as a mobile shutdown defender. Like that's you know when when in his draft year and even at Minnesota, they always kind of sicked him on the team's top line. So when he was uh, at Minnesota, he was paired with Brock Faber. And that was like Minnesota's like go-to uh, smothering pairing that would go out and be matched up against the opposing team's top players. So uh, I don't know if his offensive game will ever, let's say, evolve because the Sabres don't really need that from him uh, with the guys they already have in the system, not the team right now. But, you know, he's big. He could skate. He's got NHL bloodlines. He's familiar with the game. So I think the four years in Minnesota playing in big games and big tournaments as well, he's ready for the AHL. Um, and so I don't know if he's going to take it by storm, but maybe just uh, like a, a shorter version of Matisse Samuelson. You'll have that steady guy uh, as a left shot who could uh, you know, maybe fill in offensively if someone gets injured or something. But again, we've been waiting on him for a while and uh, you know, we're kind of uh, interested to see how he develops in the AHL. Steve, uh, not going to lie, one of the scenarios I was hoping for for the Sabres was, all right, at 13, could they move up a few slots and maybe there's this Russian forward that's going to fall in the first round and the Sabres uh, could grab Mitchkoff. That didn't happen. I remember our last conversation before the draft, I asked you the question, hey, uh, everything going on in the world, is this going to force a player like this uh, down? You said no, it didn't last year. Um, But there's Philadelphia, though, taking Mitchkoff at seven. Is that a good fit for a team that right now um, I don't see winning hockey anywhere on the horizon for Philadelphia? Well, you know what? I, I always use the Peter Forsberg example. And, you know, people forget that when Forsberg was drafted by the Flyers, he was the pick that the Flyers did not want to give up in the Lindros trade. And they eventually had to um, uh, acquiesce and, 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 and get rid of, you know, and move, and move him. And from that point, 
the, the Quebec fans were like, well, when's this kid coming? When's he coming? And for three years, they waited for Forsberg, just like Mitchkov. Uh, and when Forsberg showed up in the NHL, he was an all-star immediately uh, in 94-95. So I think it's a similar situation where the Flyers view Mitchkov as a potential superstar, like a Kirill Kaprizov, where you could wait on him, let him go into the KHL and do his thing there. Uh, the KHL is probably just as good as the AHL. And so if the Flyers by that point might see themselves as a potential playoff team, and now you're adding a final piece. So it's almost like getting a free superstar in a trade. Uh, and so I think that's the way they're viewing it. But he's, he's a phenomenal prospect. And all the, the rhetoric out of Philly is that he wanted to play for the Flyers and they had these secret meetings with him. Uh, you know, but really, the, the, the question for me was why did both Montreal and Arizona use pass on him to draft defensemen when – you know, it was a forward-heavy draft, and we also know that next year's draft is loaded with defensemen as well. So uh, we'll see how that plays out over time. But we, we have to be concerned about Philadelphia, what, they, what they'll become in a couple of years, because they already have a good system. They have good young players there already. Uh, similar situation to the Sabres last year or two seasons ago. Uh, and, you know, they're still maybe a year or two away, but when Mitch Cobb arrives, uh, it could be a big problem for the conference. Steve Cornianos is the draft analyst joining us in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia talking about some Sabres prospects here in the sports bar. We had our chance last year to see Yuri Kulik firsthand. We saw more of Isak Roseanne, uh, you know, in an Amherst sweater last year. I have a feeling they're going to be competing for starting spots or, or looking for a spot on that roster with the Sabres this year. Wanted to get your take on those two young prospects as they continue to develop for the Sabres. And are there any surprises here from last year's draft of the prospects and and even back to 2021, anybody that, that you think could raise their hand and say, you know what, they're, they're ready for that next step as you kind of follow these prospects along, Steve? Well, well, Kulik, is, he's phenomenal. Uh, he had a great year. He was just fun to watch. Um, he wasn't really a streak scorer. He was consistently good, uh, especially late in the season. Uh, you know, Rosen, is he a winger? Is he a center? I know he could play both positions. Um, but so these are first round picks. So these are guys that, that you definitely can be patient with. And so uh, much like we saw with J.J. Paterka and, and Jack Quinn, um, where they, they, they show up and they, they, they adapt immediately uh, to the AHL. They're putting up big numbers and you have to find a way to get them up to the big club. So it's a nice problem to have. Uh, I, I think, I mean, Kulik really has nothing much left to prove in the AHL. Uh, the, the two guys that I'm going to keep an eye on from, from previous drafts, one of them I don't think will be able to come over anytime soon is Poltepov, uh, the, kid, the Russian kid. They got him in the, high in the second round. Um, he had a full year in the KHL. They entrusted him with a with, um, uh, pretty, uh, pretty significant role. They let him play in the, in, the, in the deep playoff run. So he's the guy that you might compare him to like a poor man's Pavel Datsuk. And then the other guy is Kisakov. So he was kind of like a smallish frame guy. Uh, I knew there was going to be an adjustment period uh, to North American hockey. Um, but, uh, again, these are like electrifying offensive talents that they have. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what these camps are going to be like, not necessarily this year, but two and three years down the road, because the Sabres, I think they've done great at the draft, and they've loaded up on pure skill. Like you can't deny the skill that these players have. A lot of them have speed as well. And, I, you know, I'm not a Sabres fan, but I'm, I'm kind of like uh, anticipating. I'm waiting for this, this team to really hit. And once they hit, I don't think they're going to go anywhere anytime soon in terms of uh, from, uh, you get moved from the top spot in the conference. So it's, it's an exciting, like I said, it's an exciting time. Uh, you know, we just have to wait and see how things play out. 
Uh, some these top prospects aren't going to make it just by attrition, but I think the Sabres have set themselves up for long-term success, uh, much like we've seen uh, in previous eras. Steve, last one from me, and it's not about uh, anything draft-related, but I, I know you follow the Rangers. I'd just be curious to get your take here. What is going on with Vladimir Tarasenko? The, firing his agent over the 4th of July about these rumors going to, to Carolina. Um, do the Rangers find a way to get this done? Where does Tarasenko end up, in your opinion? Well, he, I don't think he could end up on the Rangers unless he's going to take a serious pay cut because they – Rangers already kind of made their bed. They went out and they got, you know, 35-plus-year-old veterans on the cheap with this, and this whole bonus-laden uh, contracts. Uh, their concern is they have, they have a lot of big RFAs coming up, Shesterkin being the big one. So I think they're not, they, they cannot commit to a player like Tarasenko. And listen, he did have a really good playoff uh, showing for them. Um, you know, he says he's healthy. I just don't think he'd be a fit long-term. That's probably what he wants. Um, preferably, I'd like him to go out of the conference and to go to, uh, let's say, the West Coast and uh, maybe a team out there. But um, I really don't know. It's hard to tell, like with rumors. And you know, he's first he was going to go to like uh, Ottawa, and then it was Detroit, I think I heard, and then uh, other teams are interested. So uh, he's the kind of guy that you know, we'll probably wait and see uh, maybe if a couple other UFA sign who are still out there to see what he gets. But he definitely still has the ability to score goals. So any team out there that, that you know has the cap space and needs a guy to score goals and finish, he'd be a good option. It's just a matter of where he wants to go, I guess. Steve, let us know about where we can get your work now that it's completed for this year's draft, and I'm sure you're getting ready to start working on next year's draft right away. Yeah, you can find me on Substack, the draft analyst of Substack.com. I, like I did, I did all 224 picks, got recapped and analyzed, and I give you my thoughts on each pick. Uh, whether I thought it was neat or et cetera. Um, and then, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at The Draft Analyst, and I got a podcast on my Substack as well. That'll be my final draft recap podcast will be uh, in a couple of days. And then, like you said, move on to 2024. Yeah, be, Steve, great stuff. Really appreciate your insight here. And uh, let's do this again sometime. Thanks so much today, Steve. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You got it, Darius. Steve Cornianos. He is the draft analyst. Follow him on Twitter at the draft analyst. Great information there uh, as we recap the Buffalo Sabres draft hall, the 2023 draft now in the books. And boy, everybody that we talk to about the Sabres, whether it be a, a Dennis Bernstein or Steve Cornianos, optimism. You've got a lot of prospects. The arrow is pointing up. Now it's just a matter of will these guys hit? Will they hit? And I will point out that nothing got done with the goaltending. No. Just as we predicted. So, look, <laughs> no, nobody wants to hear this, but can you imagine a world, you're playing in the Eastern Conference, you're playing in the tougher conference. So, again, Sabres get to the postseason, who are you yanking out? The Islanders. Okay. Yeah, they should be better than the Islanders. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, um, other than that, it's a, weird, it's a weird league, yeah. man. We'll see how it goes. And by, and by the way, with the goaltending thing, I mean, I think, you know, the, the NHL executives kind of look around the league and they see something happen year in and year out. If a goaltender gets hot, that will be your guy. And you take him out when he does. I mean, you're talking about witchcraft with goaltending. It, it doesn't matter. It, it, I mean, obviously it matters. But if you need a UPL to get hot, if you need a Devin Levi to get hot at the right time, it kind of takes care of itself. We've seen it the last two years with the Stanley Cup champions, goaltenders that weren't in net 
at the start of the preseason or at the start of the, the regular season and just guys that got hot at the right time. So uh, great stuff from Cornianos there, the draft analyst. Next takes on tap in the sports bar. It's time for I'll Drink to That. Danger, which sport has the most must-see players? I'm going to hit you with that. Think about that. Mm. Also, I have a non-sports take today, oh. um, which something I realized <sighs> I'm changing one of my uh, man takes here. After oh. experiencing this before the Fourth of July, okay, yeah, you know, just a little, little helpful advice around home. All right, uh, I've got a, a best bet for tonight's home run derby. If you want to play along tonight, why not? Let's listen. Uh, th- th- isn't that what tonight's all about? Let's make like, some money. Like, yeah, let's make some money. Like, what else you do? Let tonight? you know who I got, who I'm riding with tonight, uh, with some takes on tap, and I'll drink to that on the way next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia, the fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 